Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 108, recorded live December 15th, 2012. On today's show, can Bing really perform as the underdog? What about the new Google Maps for iOS? And we get to the point on augmented reality. Plus, funding news, our resource of the week, and special guest Christian Geisendorf of use. Everybody and welcome to episode number 108, man, of this week in location-based marketing. We're recording this live early in the morning on Saturday, December 15th, 10 days until Christmas. My name, Rob Woodbridge from untether.tv, located smack dab in the middle of winter in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Like literally the epicenter of winter. What's it like for you over there in Toronto, Asif? Well, it's green and warm and rainy and... Uh... Yeah, we're, uh, you know, people are looking for snow now, and uh, and we just don't have any, so. Yeah, that's great. Anyhow, yes, it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, uh, and always happy to do this with, uh, with you, Rob. Well, you know, I was in Toronto this week for, for three days uh, for some meetings, and uh, you do have green grass. You don't have any leaves on the tree, but you have green grass, and I... I got a blanket of snow outside. It's freezing, covered in ice. And I go to Toronto and it's like, oh man, green grass. You guys are out there mowing your lawn. It's December 13th. Come on. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you can ship some over here. My kids are constantly complaining about the life. Well, forget that. I would never, I would never be that guy. Uh, I'd never be that guy. Well, this is episode number 108. Um, obviously, uh, we are 10 days away from Christmas. That means it's the ep last episode before Christmas, and it's probably our third last episode before the end of this calendar year of 2012. Very exciting. Great year. We're going to see if we can summarize a few of these things in the coming weeks. But, you know, this show just doesn't get any... Uh, the news doesn't stop. The show just keeps getting bigger. We're throwing away stories that, uh, you know, a year ago or six months ago would have been the lead story, just simply because of the impact that uh, location is having on this world on the mobile space and on how we do business. Pretty pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Uh, before we get into any stories, gotta say hello to our uh, new viewers, our uh, returning viewers, the folks from uh, who are coming in from either Street Fight Mag or GPS Business News. Thank you guys for coming in through there. Thank you guys for watching this. Thank you, GPS Business News and uh, Street Fight Mag for syndicating our content. Welcome, everybody. Hey, and if you're new, hey, I'm Rob, that's Asif. We are... Yes, we are the guys that bring you This Week in Location-Based Marketing. So a big show, but before we jump into it, I want to talk about uh, you were in San Francisco at uh, what turned out to be like a media frenzy, as you were telling me before we started recording, a media frenzy uh, show. Talk about what you were doing, talk about who was there, and uh, your impressions of it, Asif. Yeah, so I was at a mobile local in San Francisco, um, you know, one-day uh, conference uh, being put on by uh, Mark Evans and, and his crew over there. Uh, so it's it's a show that's been going on for a couple of years now. Uh, great turnout, uh, you know, a few hundred people out there, and uh, you know, great companies, great content that he put together. The highlight uh, of which, uh, you know, at least in terms of the draw, was uh, an interview with Andrew Mason, the uh, CEO of Groupon, uh, done by uh, by TechCrunch, and um, it was interesting because. There was so much media in the room, like cameras, you know, huge cameras and lenses all over the place, you know, flashing and, and trying to capture it, and and very little content, uh, you know, basically. And first of all, I was surprised that you know uh, Andrew Mason even agreed to you know do the thing or didn't pull out last minute. You know, there's a lot of PR people in the room making sure he was going to say the right thing or, in this case, not say anything at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, the speculation was, is, you know, is he going to step down? Is you know, what's he going to what's he going to do? But, but um, it, it turned out to be a non event, anyways. But other than that, the content was great. There were some phenomenal panels, um, you know, some great discussion. So uh, kudos to uh, to Mark and his crew for for putting on a, an overall great event. That would have been great if he just stood up and said, uh, you know, before you ask any questions, before this thing begins. Uh, Mic in hand, I quit, slam the mic down and walk off the stage, you know, because uh, I think that's what everybody's expecting to happen or for him to get booted anyways because of the disaster that is Groupon. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But the event, you said 300 people, great panels, great content, content except for except for that interview. It was good? Yeah, no, no, the, the discussions were great. Like, the interview, there was an interview with Bill Gurley, uh, 
well-known VC uh, in the valley there, uh, you know, with Bloomberg and phenomenal insights coming from him uh, in terms of you know some I mean some of the companies that, that he's involved with, uh, you know, and uh, just great panels overall, like some some great discussions. Shasta Ventures was uh, on one of the panels, uh, you know, they're the guys involved with great, you know Robot Labs and uh, Task Rabbit and a few other things, uh, you know. So there's a lot of good good discussion going on. Well, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I am kind of going to put you on the spot because I want to know, you know, so you've traveled, I mean, you know, basically 50 weeks out of the last 52 weeks of see, right? You've had a couple of weeks at home this year. Like, Something like that. You know, do you, have, do you have the ability to stack up these events that you go to? Take out the LBMA events, but do you have an ability to stack up the events that you've been to? And, and does one over the last year really, really, now that you're done traveling, does one really resonate? You're like, oh man, like you... Asif Khan, the founder and at the epicenter of location-based marketing, learned something at. Was there anything like that? Uh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think a couple of the ones that are, uh, you know, sort of out, you know, out on the outskirts of, uh, you know, the, you know, where all the activity is around mobile and location. You know, so, you know, some of the events like, like um, you know, CETW. Um, Consumer engagement technology world, some of the, some of the digital signage uh, you know, related events, some of the events that are you know kind of on the um, you know the, sort of the more traditional side of geo uh, in mapping navigation. You know, I always pick up things from that because it's not it, it's not firsthand for me. It's it's uh, you know it, it's an area that's really important, and and so that's where I get the most value personally. Uh, you know, the events like this. You know, honestly, you know we're by doing a show like this that we do every week, we're sort of on top of, you know, tracking what's going on around a lot of these companies that are being talked about, you know, at, Mo uh, at a show like Mobile Loco. So I don't, I don't learn a lot, but I get a chance to connect with uh, a lot of the great companies. Um, I think I, that's I, that's got to be the key. It's like um, they become, uh, you know, real people and real faces and real relationships, and exactly. that's pretty cool. Well, we've got uh, it's it's great. Now you're home, and uh, we can focus on the show for the next couple of weeks, and then and then you're back out in January in a new year um, with uh, with new budgets to spend and new challenges to overcome. So <laughs> something like that, yeah. All right, so so and you know the, the first show that's you know sort of uh, at the top of the year really is uh, you know uh, the Street Fight Summit, yeah. uh, which is back on for January, uh, January 15th, 16th. Yeah. So uh, you know I encourage people to go out to that in New York. Uh, it's going to be two days of, uh, again of great content and 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 you know for, for me that it's a good, it's a really good event to kick off the year because um, it, it does do a decent job of bringing sort of all things local together um, you know from various aspects of the industry so uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. So that's uh, mid January in New York City Street Fight uh, the Street Fight Summit. Yeah. yeah. By the way, for if you are in New York City, it's the same. Week is the uh, National Retail Federation's big show. They're, they're a huge, huge, huge show. So, um, so it's a great week to be in New York. Stick city. around. So it's too bad it wasn't like Barbados or Florida or somewhere warm, right? <laughs> like, God, yeah. that's probably why it's 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 done in January in, in New York, a great city, but still, it's cold. Not as cold as Ottawa. All right, let's say we uh, get this show on the road, really dive into some of the news items that happened this week. We've got our usual bevy, five great stories. We've got a number. Yeah. Got a number of uh, funding uh, and acquisition stories, including one, you know, by a, uh, a regular on Tether.tv, Lenny Rachitsky's company, uh, Local Mind, being scooped up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Certainly got uh, some Bing Google news. Uh, we've also got, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the new iPhone app uh, for Google Maps, which is uh, released this past week. Uh, international uh, news, obviously, we got a special guest, uh, Christian Geisendorfer. From use uh, did I was I even close with that? You got nice. it. Uh, so let's let's get this thing going. Big, 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 big show. And of course, we got a resource at the end. Um, so without it further ado, top five stories of the week. All right, our first story. Listen, you know I uh, I feel for Bing as the underdog. I you know Google was once in this position. Google was the underdog of search, and then they came and became dominant. And now I look at them as the big brother. Um, you know, the overlord, the, uh, this whole uh, don't be evil thing is a facade and, and these guys are now an aggressive business and, and poor Bing and Microsoft is, is an underdog, but they're starting to get cues from Google and hey, listen, why, why don't we do what Google does? So they've actually announced this people places, um, 
snapshot to every search result. And I haven't seen it in Canada, but this is a, this is a smart move by uh, by by Microsoft and Bing to be able to at least get onto par at some point with Google, right? Yes, absolutely. So I mean, yeah. Um... I'm not sure it's available in Canada, but uh, if you're in the U.S., um, you know, take a look at uh, you know, just go to Bing, you know, do a search, and you'll see. Basically, the page is now broken into uh, into three sections, uh, three columns, uh, so to speak. So you've got sort of um, you know this middle column uh, between the the main search results and the sidebar, uh, the social sidebar, and this main column is uh, this middle column. I should call it not main column uh, is what what they refer to as snapshot. And so within the snapshot, you have maps, you have movie times, you have restaurant menus, you have now people and places that's been added into that. And the interesting thing for me is, is in some respects, it's kind of like, um, you know, generating search results, um, you know, using uh, location data and, and, you know, sort of, you know, visual cues almost, um, kind of like what Google Goggles sort of does, um, you know, in the mobile world. Uh, on an Android device, so so it's kind of it, it really is interesting. It does kind of point to the future of where search is, you know, moving and how it's evolving, and, and where Bing, you know, can play in. That. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. This is, you know, I, I think that what this does very quickly is kind of, I, I, I think I, I pulled up a couple of screenshots here. There's the Bing, if you're not watching this, see what you're missing? There's the Bing one in Canada anyways. Um, when I search for my home city of Ottawa, nothing nothing really comes up. But when I uh, when I actually go to uh, Google and search for Ottawa, you'll see eventually there on the right hand side you've got all these facts about the city, right? So you can you get the overview of the city, yep. you get the population of the city, you get everything that you need uh, on uh, about the city. And what I find so fascinating about this is the reason they do this is to keep you in the site longer. So here's a search here's a here's an idea that search was supposed to you know, allow you to find something and then get to what you're finding very quickly. Now, search and Google and Bing are realizing that, listen, instead of sending people on their way, let's actually get them to gig. We'll pull all that information into Google, indexed on Google. And then what, what are we going to do? We're going to keep you there. We're going to give you as much information as we can. And we don't want you to go to those sites. That's the new business model. Every opportunity to keep you inside of Google or right. Bing is what they're trying to do. So, you know, this this is a new world for search engine and search engine optimization. If your information is available and accessible, they might not ever get to your website simply because Google and, and Bing are now indexing all that information and displaying it on their own website. I think this crosses a line, right? This is a tough thing to call. And at what point, at what point do, uh, does the search engine become a portal, right? Yeah, no, totally. I, you know, this this is about maintaining traffic, right? I mean, this is about just keeping everybody on the page, putting uh, relevant information in front of them, um, you know, and and doing that in a visual, uh, location sensitive way. You know, to me, makes a lot of sense. So, so I, I I like where they're going. Yeah, it's a good business model if you can do it. So, Bing adds this uh, the people and places. So, location, very very important play for for being to at least catch up with Google and then we're going to see how that translates into the mobile side which would be very interesting as well. All right, our second story of the day. Uh this company uh this is a relationship that has been formed uh by Cina and uh, Autonavi. Talk about these two companies. What's the relevance here? Uh, obviously huge huge market that we're playing in right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, any anything in China is huge, and uh, you know, so Sina is a uh, is a microblogging uh, platform, the, the biggest one in, in China, um, and uh, it owns uh, the Weibo uh, service, which is just huge, four hundred plus million users on Weibo, uh, you know, four hundred million plus users. I mean, like, that's just it's insane, right? I mean, other than Facebook, uh, there ain't too many things out there with four hundred million users. Um, anyhow, uh, you know, and they've they've teamed up teamed up with uh, Autonavi, which is a uh, you know, as the name implies, a uh, it's a mobile uh, mapping or navigation uh, platform. And, and again, we're going to see more and more of these kinds of partnerships, not just in China, but all over the place. You know, between you know navigation systems, uh, you know, mobile apps, you know, around you know navigation, Navigon, you know, all this kind of stuff, and web uh, oriented and chat oriented type platforms. 
And, uh, you know, I think we're going to, you know, it just makes sense, right? You know, people, people are connecting with people. Um, and in the, in the course of doing so, you need to, you know, you, you need directions. You need, uh, you know, you need to find out where you're going and, and, and how to get there. And, um, you know, it, it's a logical fit for me to kind of, you know, see the marriage of these kinds of things come together. Well, so, I think about like this. Makes Think about the size of this. Like we, we joke about, you want to know the the size of a market in in China. We talk about you know Apple's going in there. Everybody's trying to to get into um, even Facebook, right? There, you know. But what is it? Weibo has what four hundred and twenty four hundred twenty four million users. Yeah, four hundred just in China. Yeah, and, and AutoNavi itself, you know, it, it's no sneeze. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, 85 million users or something. Well, I, that, so. it, it's incredible, the opportunities that are there, just within one country. I mean, the same would be said about India as well. Um, you know, I, I read also the statistic that 72% of the population accesses the Internet from a mobile device, right? And and that's that's growing. And so when, when you start to think about that, uh, and, and then you put it up against, like, a, 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 a global phenomenon like Twitter at kind of 200 million or 100 million active users. It, like, this is four times the size of active users in one country. What, I mean, that, that's, how, that's the scale of something like this. And uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting for me. And the other thing, too, is, is Weibo, um, uh, or Sina, the company behind Weibo, launched a, uh, a beta version of, of Weibo for just you know, for business, uh, so not a consumer uh, version of it, but a business application, which is cool too, because now you can see now, if you've got something like AutoNavi tied in there, um, you know, some real value coming from, you know, maybe fleet management or, you know, small businesses that, you know, got trucks on the road and all that kind of stuff, you know, being able to connect with each other on the social side, um, you know, kind of like a replacement for the old CB radio system maybe. Something like that, uh, you know, in terms of communications, um, you know, and then with navigation tied into it. So it's, it's, it's cool. CB. I love it. Well, you know, they say that uh, that um, that Weibo is going to be used by the they estimate by thirty percent of China's population or internet population by uh, sometime in twenty thirteen, and then you can understand why Facebook is aggressively uh, courting the uh, Chinese market and the Asian market simply because I mean they offered this um, uh, they're offering. Um, Texting uh, through the Facebook network, uh, just texting alone. You don't need a Facebook account, but texting alone, and as opposed to SMS through some of these countries, simply because they need to find a way to onboard uh, some people in 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 other nations. And and this is an example of that. 424 million users. That's half the size of Facebook in one country. That's what we're. It's a huge. It's a fight. And then not even to mention, as you're saying, just about the enterprise and the business play. It's just, man. Oh man. Yeah. The rest of the world is small compared to this. Not not small. We're we're big in stature, but small in population. All right. So that's um, Sina, Sina and uh, AutoNavi partnering. Somewhere in that story, somewhere in that that whole dialogue, there was that story. All right. Uh, our third sto story. Um, you know, I don't know if this was brilliant marketing or uh, just serendipity or shit luck, whatever it is. But but obviously, uh, everybody knows by now that Google Maps has come out on iOS and uh, to a flourish of praise and like people crying in the streets and you know jumping for joy and and going places they've never been before on purpose right google maps finally launches on ios what a story yeah i mean this this is uh you, you know it, it, i don't even know where to go with this because <laughs> honestly it, it's uh you know, Apple, I think, was in their right at the time to, you know, my, my personal view on this is uh, to try and do their own. Um, obviously, they didn't put enough, uh, you know, effort into that and in, 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 into it. We know mapping is not something that's very easy to do. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't uh, admonish them for, 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 you know, trying to uh, kind of go on their own around mapping. I think Apple's always been about, you know, we can do it better, we can do it ourselves. You know, we, we can do it like that. But, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, quality before you, you actually release something. And uh, and mapping is one of those things that takes a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, time and effort uh, to build quality mapping. And uh, so here we are, you know, I guess three months later, uh, after Apple tried to do it on their own and Google's back with their own uh, uh, iPhone uh, apping, uh, mapping app. Mapping apping. Uh, anyways. <laughs> 
Um, and apparently it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it couldn't have been better designed. It, it's all these things. Um, what I do like about it, you know, without going too much into it, is, is I do like that uh, Google, in this newest version uh, for iPhone, has brought some of the features that, that uh, was only available on Android before. Uh, Android devices before to the to the iPhone now. So like all the turn by turn stuff was not there before on Apple. Um, you know which which is obviously you know you got to have that on any any quality mapping app these days. So to hold it out and say it was only available on Android you know in the past and 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 not on the iPhone is um, you know I, I'm glad they corrected. That. Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was baked into the operating system. So uh, you know you, you needed an operating system refresh, and this is the same thing with the YouTube app for that that uh, that was taken out of yes. uh, iOS uh, six as well. But this gives them a little bit more freedom. Now, the challenge was always that, listen, with a native app installed on, on, on the device, is anybody really going to go and download the, <laughs> the, the other app by Google? And, and obviously, like, I, I just can't think about this. Obviously, people are. Well, yeah, just a few. Um, but, but the reaction has been stellar. Like, you know, I don't know if, if they could have orchestrated a better PR and marketing campaign than what happened over the last three months with, with the way that the, the Apple um, Maps rolled out and was completely dysfunctional. I didn't realize people were so passionate about their maps, their mapping software. And, and you know what? I, I believe that Apple will, will eventually get this right, right? It might be too late, but they'll eventually get this right. They're putting some people into this. Yeah. But think about the timing this week. All right, where where Australian police issue a huge warning that says, "Listen, the, don't use Apple Maps because it could be deadly." Right, because it, yes, it yes, sends you in exactly. places that you shouldn't go. And then, like a day later, Google Maps drops due to the reaction to the flourish of this of this crowd. And and we talked about you know maybe that Google missed a big opportunity about launching this right when uh, iOS six came out. And and but nobody could predict that Apple Maps maybe. Some people could, but I think the average person couldn't predict that Apple Maps was going to be so bad uh, at, at the beginning. And they've iterated and made it a little bit better. But um, think about that pent up. Uh, this is a, a lesson for app makers all over the world is you've got to build demand and anticipation so that when that app hits the market, like it, it just like within a day, there was 1500 comments, five star comments, glorious reviews. It made CNN, Gary Vaynerchuk's on Pierce Morgan talking about Google Maps. I'm like, this is this is an incredible PR marketing campaign from a company that didn't get it into boot. The app is beautiful. The, U, the yeah, UI no, is, is stellar. It, 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 it's, it's, it's very much something to look at. I mean, the only thing that's really missing functionally in this thing now yeah. uh, compared to the one on the Android platform is none of the indoor mapping stuff uh, inside of malls that we talked about with Google over the last little while that you can get on Android is, is available on the iPhone version. Right. That's okay. Well, and the other thing is that there's no, um, uh, you know, there's lo no local mapping, so it's all, I mean, it, right. it's, it's cached, but um, but you, you're not going to get local mapping. You still have to be connected somewhere to some kind of network right now. But that, all that, that that'll come. I, I think that there's just a, a sense of relief, a global sense of relief that there is a uh, that there's an iOS version of Google Maps that actually has real time traffic. Uh, just anyways, it, it's so funny. Like, what an example of. I don't know, pure luck or great marketing. I, I, I don't know, genius or just serendipitous luck. I, I, I don't know, but Google Maps launches for iPhone. I'm sure you've downloaded if you have an iPhone because everybody, all 160 million people on iOS have downloaded this app. I'm sure of it. All right. How about uh, we jump to another story? Um, our sure. fourth story, uh, this, is, this is a company, Telebrama launches um, an app, an augmented reality app, um, called Point, and I downloaded this. Uh, why don't you explain what it is? Maybe I'll give a, an impression of, of, you know, my experience with it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's uh, yet another augmented reality app, uh, not that uh, dissimilar from uh, the NetPage stuff that we talked about a little while ago. Uh, this is about, you know, uh, layering uh, on top of print in particular. Uh, these guys have done a lot of work with uh, some pretty big brands, Dove, Nokia, Nike, um, they're uh, based in Bangalore in India uh, and have an office in New York as well. Uh, but it's an Indian company. Um, they received about 40, um, they were one of 10 companies in India that got uh, funding a little while back from Intel Capital. 
and and uh, you know have have some some pretty interesting uh, backing as well from other VCs. So you know these guys these guys are uh, nothing to sneeze at, uh, especially in the Indian market. What I'm really excited about about it, um, you know, functionally, I don't think there's a lot different than many of the AR apps that we've covered on the show. What I like about it is, is I like uh, you know, I like when I see companies who are successful in you know markets like India, you know, try and bring their stuff into you know into the U.S. or into the North American market as well. Um, that for me is an encouraging sign to say, okay, you know what, you know, we this, you know, what we do isn't only you know applicable to the Indian market. It works everywhere, and uh, we work with some great brands over there, and we want to work with those brands uh, in North America as well. So I, that is the part I like about this. Yeah, I, absolutely. It just you know, I think that the more competition, we've always talked about this as being a global market for location services or GPS or AR, and and I think that the you know a lot of the innovation is happening outside of North America, and, and people forget that that this is a globally competitive landscape. And and you know, we we talked about another company uh, last a couple of weeks ago called NetPage that really blew my mind, which was that episode of uh, that issue of Esquire uh, magazine. And I really, I really love that. And in fact, I was meeting with some publishers this week and to talk about things like that, about how to in, in, bring mobile and location and that kind of stuff into the print publications. And, and NetPage was, was a really good example. And, and, and Point is like that, um, a little bit richer, uh, a little bit more cumbersome. The thing with, the thing with, um, with NetPage was it was much faster, I found, a uh, faster experience than it, than it has been with Point. Point goes out and downloads media and then starts to play media, very rich videos, um, audio clips, uh, great interactivity. But uh, this, is, this is a nascent industry. And, and uh, to call this augmented reality, I, I, I don't know if I would anymore. You know, I, I think that this is just, what did, what did, how did you classify it when we talked about NetPage? It was well, image? Uh, Blipper calls it image recognition. And, and that's what it is, right? Like it, you know, it scans a page and it and uh, and then it plays something over that. It goes to the internet and pulls something down, and it's and it's not augmented reality. So I I, I don't like the label of that, but I love the the image recognition piece, and uh, and that's much easier to to understand and sell. I think from a uh, from a publishing standpoint, but you know I, I like this, and I'm with you about bringing a, a, an international flair and having other countries lead this charge, um, and and lead the innovation in this. It just means that we have to pick it up in North America if we want to if we want to compete. I like yeah. that. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to uh, Telebrama, um, which is basically which is t e l i b r a h m a dot com, or you can do a search for Point. Um, and and what I like about it is uh, it's available on all platforms. Obviously, not only the Google, um, it's also iOS, but it's also for BlackBerry, Windows Phone, and uh, Nokia. It's good for OV as well. So, really understanding their market. And uh, and from what I see, there's there's some really interesting concepts uh, around uh, around how they're using it. So go and check it out. We won't explain it all here, um, but go and check it out. Yeah, Telebrama. Image recognition. That's the way that we should think about this. Image recognition, not augmented reality. Because when augmented reality hits, you're going to see something completely different than this, and you're going to be confused. It's like the 4G versus, you know, that conversation. Yeah. So. It's Google Glasses and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, our last story, it's going to lead into our uh, featured uh, product interview. But uh, this is a company called uh, Use, uh, partnering with a company called, is it Comly? Comly? Comly. All right. So... Yeah. So, um, Asif, talk about this, and then talk about, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the interview with uh, with Christian right after. It's a great lead. Yeah. So, I mean, so sort of staying over in uh, in the Asian market a little bit here. So, you have uh, Comly Media is uh, you know one one of the big guys as far as uh, digital ad net, uh, mobile ad networks uh, out there, and uh, and and Use is a, is a company that uh, based in Singapore um, that. Uh, is really focused on aggregating those ad networks and um, and then delivering geo-targeted uh, you know content or ads uh, inside of those networks. So you know you take you take a uh, you know um, you know a a any ad network out there, or you take any any mobile app out there that uh, you know has has you know, significant base. Uh, you know, be it you know the Weather Channel or uh, you know anything like that. You know you know Spotify anything. You know. And what, what what you're talking about is is 
you know, a, a you know, set of, of tools that uses both that allows for those, you know, and enables the ads that you're running on, on those platforms to be, you know, completely, you know, hyper-local and geo-targeted. And so that's effectively what they've done here is they partnered with Comly, who has, you know, a, a network like that. And they've said, look, you know, we've got the geo-targeting uh, secret sauce uh, you know, to help deliver those ads, uh, which we know and we've seen lots of data that says, you know, when, in, when, a, when a, a, a banner ad inside of a mobile app is, is geo-targeted um, and hyper-local, you know, the click-through rates are, are much higher, much, you know, relevance is much higher, all that kind of stuff, right? So effectively that's what we're talking about here. And, and so, um, you know, and, uh, you know, these things can go down to, you know, I saw in one of the uh, statements 500 meters you know, uh, in distance as far as targeting where an ad's uh, being delivered. So. I like it. Uh, great relationship, and then um, you know, sort of piggybacking on this, you know, I, I had a chance to sit down with uh, with Christian Geisendorfer, the, the CEO and founder of Use, who um, was also the uh, the host uh, for our launch in, in Singapore uh, of our recent chapter there. So, I don't know how you do this, Asif, because I, I sit in a I'll sit in a room with a number of people, and and they'll come back to me and say, you know, they'll they'll talk about location based marketing and targeted marketing like this as doesn't work or they'll write it completely off yeah have you do you ever face that right. like do you ever face you must face that every day like this this doesn't work there's an there isn't enough of a of a demand for something like this i'll be walking down the street and somebody will notify me of something that i need to buy at that moment but but they completely dismiss it and and uh you know companies like use these relationships uh comely it it tells me that that's not true, and obviously, why we do this every day is every week is that it's not true. But but yeah. how do you break through? You, know, you you raise an interesting point. I, I think I think when you hear people say that uh, and and they start to dismiss it, I think the primary reason that that they that they're sort of um, you know not really all that favorable around it is, is is it comes down to numbers. It comes down to a reach for them, and, and, and in a lot of cases. You know, with with many of these platforms, there's just not enough users. There's just not enough people out there. You know, as far as the reach part is concerned. And so, what what I like about Use is, is because they're an aggregator, because they go out and, and they they tie together a whole bunch of mobile ad networks, and, and then and and then go and, and work with a brand that wants to run a you know a campaign. You know, they can deliver that campaign across multiple networks, increasing the reach. And you know, and still doing geotargeting, you know, at the same time around that. So I think that you know, what they're actually trying to address that exact issue, you know, that pushback that you get, which is, you know, well, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because you know, a bunch of small networks, small on, yeah. on a single network yeah. that you know you can't really you can't really get any any real traction. Well, you know, I, I, a company like Use um, and a company like companies like InMobi, these these are these are huge. Uh, ad networks that at some point uh, are going to be big enough. Uh, well, they I th they both are to to be able to bring the cream of the cream of the crop and have enough volume to be able to to push this through. And and then I always wonder about that. You know, traditional media, traditional newspapers, and how do they compete in a space like this? Or at some point, is it all going to be wrapped up in an InMobi or or in a used source? You know, you know the two yeah. or three other companies that are out there that are doing this. Because at some point, you're right. The, the audience is just not big enough, and um, and we've got a whole bunch of small networks out there. But it's so frustrating to say that to, for people to completely dismiss this at its infancy. And and my hope is that bringing stories about use and your conversation with Christian, and and bringing stories about Inmobi and their reach, and and other companies like that, that that will hopefully dispel that myth that location-based marketing. Is a is a fad or, or something that will be dismissed very quickly because it drives me crazy because you can't argue with somebody who's like nope don't even want to talk about it done right, right. yeah exactly it's yeah, crazy well uh, yeah and I like this and if you're interested in a little bit more information we're gonna you're gonna set us up for uh, for Christian in a second but you can go to use y o o s e dot com um, and 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 check it out and check what they're doing out and a lot of information about the relationship that they've got with Comley up there as well. So those those were the the five stories, you know. Many more could have been in there. I think we had uh, we have a number of them that were just kind of trying to fit them in this week because it was a big week, and your story could have been in there. 
if you have a breaking story, if you have something that should be in here, if it's something that we should mention, if it fits within some of the deals that we've or the, the conversations that we've already had, you should reach out. We'll we'll bring it in as a reference point, as another angle. So please reach out on tethergmail.com or see at the lbma.com. For those of you that are that are, go ahead. Well, and the other thing I want to say too is, is yeah, if you've got a story, let us know. And we do get uh, you know lots of great comments coming in and uh, and people sending uh, you know I, I think almost every week now it gets you know the the frequency is, is coming up in terms of people responding you know sending us you know comments or, or sending us stories uh, to take a look at and we really appreciate that. The other thing too is is as we gear up for 2013, you know uh, we've got a pretty good audience on this show now. We've got a lot of people watching this thing and listening to this every week. You know, and, and we're very much open to uh, sponsorship. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're a regular viewer, you know, and, and you're interested in sort of getting you know some visibility to your brand, to your company, um, you know, this is a great platform for it. So you know, contact us if, if you're interested in sponsoring the uh, the podcast as well. Yes, no arguments there, none whatsoever. I like to continue to do this and feed my children at the same time. That's okay with you guys. Um, I, I yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do a, a quick shout out. There's two things. One of them is uh, Paul Starkey. Uh, who left a comment on, on Tether.tv at the bottom of this episode, the last episode, number 107, saying, uh, love this week's show. You are getting better and better. What can I say but thank you? And uh, I would go right back to Paul. Mr. Paul, I'm going to pull you up here. Paul, thank you for leaving that comment. We really appreciate it. And uh, Paul, maybe you should leave a website with us next time, and we'll promote that as well. But I bet you where Paul gets this is by subscribing to our RSS feed. And I think that you should do that as well. So if you're in iTunes, if you're in, I mean, we're in, we're in all of the, uh, the, the ways that you can subscribe to it, not just iTunes, but um, go and subscribe to this. It'll be in your, your, uh, your list. You'll be able to download it without thinking. You'll get this on Monday morning and you will be able to be on top of it. You can go into your office and brag about how much you know about the location-based marketing world. That's what I do just by sitting with us, Eve. So please subscribe. Please you sponsor right. us and uh, and send us your news. All right, enough. That's our own little internal ad that lasted longer than the first five stories. All right, it's time to jump into our product, our interview of the week. So, uh, Asif, leading off of the last story, you got to sit down with Christian Geisendorfer, uh, and uh, talk about use a little bit deeper. Why don't you set this thing up, and we will roll with this interview. Yeah, you know, Christian's one of those guys. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's just a, a guy that really understands what's happening around hyperlocal, especially in, in the Southeast uh, Asian market. Uh, they've they've uh, they've done a phenomenal job of putting together some great partnerships. Comely just being one of those great customers. Uh, yeah, so I had a chance to sit down with him and, and really uh, dig into some, some examples of what they've been uh, going at. So here it is, Christian Geisendorfer. Well, it's that time again where we get to uh, bring on a special guest. And this week, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Christian Geisendorfer, who is the founder and CEO of Use out of uh, Singapore. So Christian, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thanks, Asif, and welcome everybody here from Singapore, out of uh, our office right in Chinatown, uh, in a nice shop house environment um, in the middle of the business district. And uh, it's my pleasure to uh, welcome you here uh, out of Asia, um, yet uh, working on news, uh, which I'm happy to uh, share a bit more about. Fantastic. So let, let's jump right into it then. What tell you know for our audience? You know, obviously we have a global audience that watches this show. But, uh, you know, especially for those over in North America that might not be familiar with you, who is Use? What, you know, what are you guys all about? So Use is a hyperlocal mobile ad network, and we are addressing um, hyperlocal targeting with banner ads in applications, um, but on a global scale, yet for hyperlocal targeting. So what we are solving or basically addressing, I would say, is to bring the possibility of hyperlocal targeting for a brand or an advertiser, um, but anywhere in the world, um, by delivering enough scale and enough uh, impressions and therefore clicks and consumer engagement on that hyperlocal level. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the keys to you know the way your system works is is really that uh, you know you're you're working across many different apps. Is that, is that correct? Yes, correct. So. Um, what, what we are basically doing is we, we get into any app 
possible, and, and this is through tie-ups with various other networks uh, and, and players and publishers, um, so that we, when a publisher, uh, sorry, with an advertiser comes to us um, and asks for, let's say, 10 million impressions um, in the UK around um, 150 car dealerships over a month, and then we go out and find those impressions for the advertiser and really make that happen. Um, and same way we are able to, to target and uh, send out ads um, at any place in the world, basically. Fantastic. So can you give us a little, uh, little more uh, you know, specific example? Is there a particular uh, you know, client or, or, or two that perhaps you can just share with us you know, how you've helped them and, and, and the importance of location targeting in particular? Sure. Um, let me start with an example from Asia-Pacific um, with Australia, where we have helped Optus, one of the large operators, um, with the launch campaign for their 4G network just recently, in September and October, where um, there were four major cities covered now with the 4G network. Australia is a huge country in the continent, so the 4G coverage is only on very specific areas. And we have supported that by displaying banner ads only in the 4G coverage area. So we've uh, exactly mapped where 4G is available to display an ad that says 4G is available where you are right now. But that was supported then by a, a second banner and a second campaign running in a two kilometer radius around up to stores. So in a two kilometer radius around the stores, you saw a banner again advertising the 4G offering, but basically prompting you to go down to the Opto store and to subscribe to 4G upgrade or subscribe a new uh, plan. Fantastic. That's, uh, that's great. And I think, you know, you know, whether it's a carrier or a retailer themselves, uh, you, know, you know, that whole concept of sort of geofencing locations and then driving, uh, you know, traffic inside of these ad networks, um, you know, that's, that's location targeted. Uh, obviously, we're seeing huge, huge demand for that. So, Glad to see that uh, you know you're servicing that market. We see we see it actually not only with retail. It's a, it's a lot of different examples. Um, uh, for, I mean, I could give. We've had uh, Accenture with a recruiting campaign in Malaysia, for example, okay. um, or we have uh, just recently also did a campaign for Sky, the cloud Wi-Fi access in the UK, where Sky has about eleven thousand Wi-Fi access points across the UK. And we've put literally banner ads uh, up, which displayed always the name of the closest place where you had uh, a Wi-Fi access point. So it says Coffee Nero, and it tells you the distance also, how far away you are from that place, for example. Um, and when you clicked on it, it was a rich media expandable banner, which then um, was showing a map of the closest Wi-Fi locations around uh, where you are. You could zoom in and really have in an ad format a full-fledged map and could find out more about uh, the Wi-Fi locations from Skype. Great. Well, it sounds like you're busy and you're active and you're doing lots of phenomenal stuff. So, you know, I want to uh, I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule and sharing with uh, our audience on uh, this week in location-based marketing. So, again, we've been speaking with Christian Geisendorfer, the founder and CEO of Use. Uh, Christian, thanks so much for uh, for being on the show this week. Thanks a lot, Asif, and looking forward uh, for our next interaction with you. Thank you. Well, that was Christian Geisendorfer, and uh, I, we, again, I just want to thank him for uh, you know, spending some time and sharing with um, our audience a little bit of insight into uh, what is use and, and, uh, and how all that uh, is coming together, and obviously uh, a great tie into the story with, uh, with Coleman. So thanks to uh, Christian for Yes, thank you, Christian. Thank you, Asif, for, for organizing that. I love the international flavor that these interviews are getting. And uh, so really, really, really appreciate uh, the fact that Christian was able to come on. Maybe you should be there. Hey, listen, here's a novel idea. Do you think we should interview you? Do you have a product or a service that fits the stuff that we're talking about? Reach out on tethergmail.com. You could be on the show. Hey, and my mother and Asif's mother will be so proud. And your mother, in fact, will be proud as well. All right, so thank you for Christian. Now let's talk about some funding and acquisition news. Asif, a big week, you know, I, I th the, the, the news items just kept on rolling in, right? We, like up until mm -hmm. the, last night, I was like, okay, we gotta talk about this, we gotta talk about this, we gotta talk about this. 
And uh, ultimately, we came down to, listen, we're going to try to cram it all into this. We, we don't want to extend the episode any longer than, than it already is. But uh, there's a few. We're gonna we're gonna cover kind of four stories in in the top three here. The first one, which is something that both you and I love, a company called uh, Farmigo raised eight million dollars for one of the most unique, interesting business models that helps local, 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 local farmers. Uh, I've heard on the planet basically. So talk about Farmigo and um, and I mean who's funding this. Who are the smart people funding this? Uh, I really, really love this story. So, uh, yeah, so Farmigo, um, you know, they, they launched something called Local Food Communities uh, this past week, and along with the $8 million bucks uh, to back it. And really what we're talking about is, you know, the blending of, you know, local, locally grown, uh, you know, produce, uh, farm, um, you know, products, and uh, and home, de- you know, effectively delivery of those products to, to your local community. Not home delivery, which uh, you know has been the problem with a lot of these things, which is is, is too expensive uh, to actually you know do on in an effective, uh, scalable way. But you know, connecting with local businesses, you know, where you work, where you work out, where your kids go to school, become delivery points or destinations for local farmers to come and, and kind of deliver the stuff that. That you want so, and we know you know this huge, huge trending out there as far as uh, nutrition and, and you know just the way you know what people are eating these days around eating locally grown you know um, close to home uh, you know products. And uh, so, so for me, this is this is a phenomenal business model that they put together here. Really, really like it. Um, really excited about uh, the potential around this. I I am one hundred percent like I'm with you on this. Is that uh, they say it's a direct, a direct from local farms within 48 hours of harvest. Uh, you get you get to choose the produce that's available locally around you by putting in your your zip code. At this point, it's U.S. only, and then you uh, you order it online. And then they have these things called Farmigo Farmigo Tuesdays, where you go to a specific location, you pick up the packages or the the, the produce that you that you've ordered. And um, I I I freaking love this. I love it. I love it. We have farmers markets. You do. There's this. Um, there's this, uh, you know, growing trend of of community markets that uh, that is coming back into play, and this really this really capitalizes on it. And and I love the fact that the companies are that the companies raised eight million dollars. This is not this is not a typical play that you would hear from VCs, but highly local, highly 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 um, hyper local. And uh, they're saying they have. Uh, Four producers uh, joining weekly. If you're a if you are a farmer and in, in, uh, in a location that this serves, it, it behooves you to do this, right? It's also a lot better than. Yeah, and the key thing here is is that they're they're going after uh, group buying. This isn't individuals. Like this isn't you going and saying, oh, you know, I want, I want to tomato. buy you know a a, tr- a truckload of cucumbers yeah. this week uh, for you know for my house. Um, you know what what's happening here is, is is they're getting businesses to sign up. They're getting you know, school groups to sign up. They're getting you know whatever to be a effectively a local distribution point or store almost. And then you, as an individual, can go to those places. You know, you work in that building or you do whatever, and you, you buy through that. So it's group buying uh, with you know uh, you know at a collective uh, you know sort of distribution point. You know, kind of reduce the delivery costs around it. Really, really smart. Uh, and they've got some you know interesting businesses. Is already using it, like you know, Etsy's using it, Kiva's using it, you know, as, as corporations, you know, being distribution points and employees, you know, sort of jumping on board. So good. Go to uh, Farmigo, F Farm I go Farm I G O dot com for more information. I uh, love it. I love this. Eight million bucks. Eight million bucks well spent. Uh, yeah. It does communities good. All right, our uh, our second story. Uh, this company. <laughs> You know, uh, up in Canada, we have this uh, small carrier. It's called Kudo. So I think every time I hear this uh, Kuzu, I think of Kudo, which is the, which is the, the theme. If you're from Canada, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, they, yeah. they raised, they raised two and a half million dollars. What is Kuzu, except for one of the craziest names on the internet, Asif? A uh, little San Francisco company, two and a half million bucks, uh, coming from New Enter- uh, Enterprise Associates and Tugboat Ventures, and a few other angels in there as well. Uh, it's a uh, local, hyper-local uh, information service, let's call it that. So, you know, uh, where you ask questions like, you know, how big is the lineup at your favorite restaurant right now, or is it crowded at the beach, or, you know, whatever. Um, 
not that different than a uh, little company that uh, you and I are familiar with called Local Mind uh, in, in its in form and function. Um, so, you know, we know this kind of stuff works. We know uh, there's certainly interest in you know, finding answers to local questions, um, which is what uh, Zoo does. And now they got two, 2.5 million bucks to do it even better. Well, uh, this is an interesting play, right? So the, what they're saying is go out and uh, take your old devices um, connect yes. it to a Wi-Fi network and put it in the window of, you know, say you're out, you're overlooking a beach, which I would love to be, or you're overlooking your street or something. Yeah. And, or, you know, uh, in, in Ottawa would be the Byward Market. It could be, you know, wherever uh, in, in Toronto or anywhere and, uh, and let it stream pictures so people can log on and see what's going on at that moment. And a very unique approach. It's yeah. an interesting approach. Um, yeah, so you know, it's it's not you're you're not querying no. uh, you know an individual to, to get an answer to the question. You know, there's a camera yep. basically that's collecting information. You know, it, it for me, you know, it, it kind of you know kind of fits in with this shift around. You know, you know, I talk a lot now on on uh, a lot of the talks that I give. You know, one of the trends that we're watching is this shift from active location sharing and checking in and all that kind of stuff to passive, and this kind of fits in the same. Kind of, you know, discussion. I, you know, I, I, in my head, I've got some business models that I see floating up, but I, I still, I struggle to see, you know, as the network grows, maybe there's an opportunity for for business, but it still seems like a small business. Um, but, but this this plays really well into the fact that we we were talking about this company called Local Mind, uh, Lenny Rachitsky and his uh, partner Bo Howe. And these guys were just like it, it plays into this because this was a little bit more of an effort that required. It's basically local mind is is you're reaching into a domain expert or an expert about a location that might be at that location to get some feedback about whether the lineups are big or what the scene is like at a bar or restaurant. Um, but they were just picked up by Airbnb this like a day ago, and um, and you know it just shows that there is a market for something like this. But you think that the local mind acquisition was an aqua hire? By Airbnb to get the talent. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I don't see. I, I mean, I, yeah, I can see some value to Airbnb around this platform. But my personal take on this is, is that I mean, what you're talking about here is, that, you know, local mind is really a small, really small business. I mean, there's only really three or four guys yeah. there. Um, you know, they've raised some funding. But three or four. But three or four very smart guys. There are three or four very smart guys. Yeah, very very smart guys. So for me, this is a talent acquisition. This is you know. Airbnb recognizing, you know, these are talented guys with some great ideas, you know, and, and maybe there's some functionality there that they can you know, incorporate into the platform. But if I was a betting guy, I would say, you know, local mind as a platform will, will not exist in the very uh, near future. Yeah, it's unfortunate for the, you know, it's, it's part of, par, par for course. And I, I get, sometimes I get angry about that if you commit to a platform and then it disappears. But, you know, I like Lenny and I like, I know what he's done and, and uh, I know his character in Bo and, and, um, Interesting to be brought into Airbnb, and and you know Lenny uh, tweeted yesterday or checked in with Foursquare from Airbnb, so he's they're already integrated inside of Airbnb. It's like yeah, you know, twenty four hours later. But this, you know, if you're interested in, in taking a look at this, if you have any insight about this, you know, Kuzo is a very Kuzu is a very interesting company. These concepts, as you said, from from active to passive check-ins, very interesting. And and this is this is an emerging market. And you heard that from Asif right here. Is that you know I think that a lot of companies will migrate around what's going on here, and we've already started to see that with different different approaches from local mind to Kuzu. So if you're interested in Kuzu, go to Kuzu K O O Z O O dot com, and they raised two and a half million dollars uh, to be able to expand on the way that they're doing the local lookouts, basically. And congratulations to Lenny. Way to go, bud. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, yeah. guys. And I can't wait to see what happens next once they're out of uh, Airbnb and, and they have cash in their pockets and they go out and do some more some more great things. All right. Uh, last funding news. A company called Spot Hero uh, raises a little bit of money, $2.5 million, which, uh, which, is, which is a good amount of money for this company. Talk about Spot Hero Asif. And we'll finish up with the resource. Yeah, so, so this is two and a half million. It's coming uh, this time from Battery Ventures, 500 Startups, New World Ventures, and Lightbank. Um, so some good uh, good pedigree in there. Um, Spot Hero is an interesting company. Uh, they're focused on uh, helping people find uh, and pre-booking uh, available parking spots in, in their city. So at the moment, this is Chicago-based. These guys are in Chicago. They've been doing it in Chicago. Uh, and they're going to use the money to expand beyond uh, the Chicago market into uh, New York, Los Angeles, et cetera. 
Um, you know, but you know, finding parking in some of these big cities is 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 a challenge. Um, and if I can know there's a spot, you know, in a particular lot, you know, close to where I want to be, and I can pre-book that spot, you know, I, I can see some value in that. So, so an interesting business model. And apparently, um, they've already done about two million in, in revenue uh, from from a service like this, and and working in partnership with you know the the lot owners and the garage owners. Um, so you know, helping them, you know monetize in better ways yeah you know it, it's it just goes to show you that anything can be turned into a business and especially you know the idea of just reserving a spot i you know i a yep. parking spot now they're available in milwaukee as well chicago and milwaukee and expanding elsewhere um and you know the the article that i read about these guys as i was doing my research they said that they have an opportunity to become the uber of the parking industry which is very interesting um and I wonder if they're going to run into the same kind of uh, uh, union issues around uh, parking as they do around cabs. But this is this is a really unique thing. Now, the, the one thing that they've got to be able to do is I, I would love to see a service like Spot Hero be able to reserve, uh, you know, street parking, which would be next to impossible. Can you imagine that the fiasco of, uh, of trying to figure out how to street yeah. park? So this is parking lots only um, and, and participating parking lots only, not all parking lots. But very interesting. If, you, if you're interested in, check them out, spothero.com. Just how it sounds, spothero.com. I, I think that there's a big challenge of how this scales, but uh, but spothero.com. I don't think two and a half million dollars is near enough to be able to roll this out. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be competitors if there aren't already. And I think there are, in fact, quite a few. All right, those are the uh, three and a bit, three and a half funding and acquisition stories. We had three fundings in uh, Farmigo raising uh, eight million, Kuzu raising two and a half, and Spot Hero raising two and a half, and then Local Mind obviously acquired by Airbnb. Terms undisclosed at this point, but I'm sure that this has been a great party week for uh, Lenny and Bo. Congratulations, guys! If your story wasn't there, if you raised a little bit of money, if you were sold, if somebody bought you, invested in you, spent a little bit of time with you, if you closed a great big customer, whatever it is, reach out. Let us know on tethergmail.com. We'll bring you into this fold. We'll talk about you. How's that? We'll, we'll just we'll just stroke your ego. Like that's what we'll do. We'll just talk. we'll mention your company name. That's it. So that is our funding and acquisition news. Please reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. All right, it's on to our last piece, the resource of the week. Report uh, from NextAge, which is a mobile uh, ad exchange uh, service, has uh, got, got a new report out. It says a 24% monthly increase in ad spending from May to October on its real-time bidding marketplace. Um, we're seeing a 33% monthly rise in location-based impressions, um, you know, and 30% uh, per month increase in demand for location-enabled ads. So for me, this is great. This is, you know, the kind of data that, you know, a lot of the people that you're talking to that say this stuff doesn't work, <laughs> here's data that says it does, right? Um, and, um, yeah, so so I think, uh, you know, we're going to see more and more uh, studies like this come up over the next little while. Uh, a lot of the studies that I was watching after uh, Black Friday were pointing to similar kinds of numbers around location targeting. Um you know, and, and rich video, uh, uh, rich media uh, in ads. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think that, uh, you know, any kind of new and, um, and anything above and beyond what you're seeing right now, so any kind of interactivity or any kind of um, awareness or aware ads, like, uh, like what we're talking about with location-based ads and rich media, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of like uh, the the full screen takeover ads that uh, you know, yeah. I, like I don't like that stuff. Like inside of an app experience, don't don't bring me somewhere else. But but maybe there is an opportunity through um, to enable commerce in in other ways. But certainly, rich media ads are driving uh, awareness now. But I think it's just it's just the the latest and greatest. Where I think it really comes down to is we talked about earlier is these big networks of ads. Um, like uh, like use and like in Mobi that are able to target based on uh, on location and based on uh, uh, context and characteristics that that really make them more effective. But at least and apparently the value is there too. I mean, the the same study goes on to say that uh, where is it here? The location focus ads command premiums yeah. of two to five times the average CPM. Yeah. Um, and 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 they, they even goes on to say if you're doing rich media or video ads, it's, it can be five to ten yeah. times, right? So well, I'll tell you, anybody who puts an ad for the opening the opening nine minutes of the new Star Trek movie into their app, uh, you will blow it off the roof, right? I mean, it, 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 it's not yeah. just about dumb video. 
like your corporate video, it's about being smart about uh, about it and exclusivity and and uh, and context and and. But yeah, if anybody's done that, let me know. I want to watch that. I don't want to go see The Hobbit yeah. to go and see that. You know, you know, and just to wrap it up, I mean, like, you know, you don't have to pay five or ten times, you know, the average CPM to, you know, run an ad on this week in location-based marketing. It's it can be pretty cheap and pretty cost-effective. So uh, it is. Rob and I are very, very open to uh, discussing. We have very good reach, and if you are interested in taking this content, and if you want an extra post a week on your website consistently, this is episode number one hundred eight in one hundred eight weeks. We have never missed a week in this entire time. These two years we've been doing it. So please. Let us know. We'll give you some embed code. You just got to pop it in there. We'll give you all of the notes, everything that you need to do, all the show notes and the links to the show. Do not worry. We will provide it. All you have to do is give us a venue. So either one, give us your money or give us a little bit of spots on your website. We'll, we'll, give, you some, we'll give you some content and some value. Steve, I will leave you with the closing words. Yeah, I, you know, just uh, I love doing this show every week. I love talking about this news. Uh, I love doing this with, with you, Rob. And, you know, we, we just... We're constantly encouraged to uh, to continue on, and uh, there's just so much great stuff to talk about every week. So I want to thank everybody uh, for, for listening, for watching, uh, for 108 episodes, and look forward to episode 109 next week. Thank you. All right, everybody. See you next week.